You are listening to Ember Weekend, your weekly recap of all things Ember. This is episode 34. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson, and we're here to keep you in the Ember Run Loop. We're broadcasting from Hashrocket HQ. It's November 9th, and today's episode is called Adventures in the Amazon. So this past week, we uh, decided to upgrade Ember Weekend to use uh, S3, CloudFront, and Route 53. Uh, we did this because DivShot is uh, being absorbed by Firebase, and uh, we are we actually uh, we used Firebase originally, uh, launching um, directly to them. But we actually didn't utilize a backend, and we didn't require a WebSocket, so it seemed a little bit like overkill. That's why we went over to DivShot for just you know some static hosting. Uh, but since they're being reabsorbed, we don't want to go back to Firebase at the moment um, until maybe maybe later. Uh, but for now, we we didn't want to do that, so uh, we decided to go uh, S3. Uh, with uh, Route 53 doing the redirect? Is that kind of how this works? Chase, you understand this way better than I do. Yeah, it's like uh, the redirect is actually handled by S3, but then like there's like a CDN with CloudFront. Route 53 is basically just DNS. It's what it's what allows us to point emberweekend.com at it. So so magic is what you're saying. It's just, just magic. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, it's magic and then magic and then <laughs> okay, okay. mana, I think, is the last one. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's magic. Uh, we, we, uh, we decided that we were just going we to hammer it out. So Chase and I went to a Starbucks and just decided to start, uh, start crashing through this. And as we did, I was also writing a blog post because I'm a cheater. And uh, I cheated and did my, my one blog post per week uh, while you were doing actual work. But uh, um, we we decided to plow through this, and we started uh, we started on it, and then uh, we we got all the way up to uh, right before where uh, we got SSL set up, and then we kind of like got to a stumbling block where there was this pain point with regard to just how to set it up, what what permissions need to be uh, need to be you know set up, and how how to do it basically, uh, and then luckily the, the that exact day that night, Kevin Pfefferly from Test Double wrote a blog post that outlined the exact process that we were going through. He uh, went through all of the same setup for S3 and CloudFront, and then he actually did the SSL. So we ran into some issues with um, some some core stuff and some uh, some trouble with the redirect, and both of those things we talked to him about. He didn't have to do with cores because he was serving from the same domain, I want to say. I don't remember his exact uh, rationale for not having to struggle with that, but but he didn't run into the same problems with cores. And then there, there was a redirect thing that we had that was uh, problematic where we were redirecting to pound bang and that uh, actually could just be pound and then we have we had a weird redirect thing happen so uh, chase can you explain that a little better i think you were uh, you were a little bit more deep into this one than me yeah so s3 is the thing that basically has the feature that lets you say uh, to use a bucket as a website and all that means is that uh, you configure it to say anytime somebody hits this public bucket uh, serve some some html file and so you just configure it to serve the index html you know, and that's just the the index.html from Ember in our case. There's a couple of issues you have to solve well, when you do that. Like if you just said serve index.html, that'd be fine as long as no one ever navigates away from the root. Um, but as soon as somebody navigates out to like some other page, everything will seem to be working fine. But if they tried to refresh onto like the slash foo slash bar, all of a sudden Amazon doesn't know where to get that file. And so it's going to throw a 404. So there's this uh, kind of route handler that you have to implement um, that says, uh, when you 404, what do, what do I do? Uh, and we just have it set to say, uh, you know, just serve the index HTML again. Uh, but that alone wouldn't solve the problem because then you're just getting it back on the root every time so your hard refreshes. Uh, so there's a, there's like another setting that you have to add. Basically says, preserve the, the slash and everything past it. Preserve the path. But Amazon can't just tell you that, uh, for some reason, I don't know why the routing service can't do this. They can't just serve the index from the slash who slash bar, um, they actually have to serve 
um, you know, just slash and give you index. Um, so there's kind of trick where you basically append this, uh, the path to the end of that, but do it, you know, do it with this joiner and the joiner is uh, slash octothorpe, the pound sign. Uh, and then in some cases, people were pinning bang to that, but that didn't work for us. Yeah, that caused us to redirect back to the episodes, uh, like the, the episodes index, not the root, though, which was very strange. And we must have some uh, uh, index catch that redirects the episode that was getting triggered for some reason. No, yeah. So what was happening is that, um, as far as I know, it just should be slash pound slash. Um, but in a couple of in a couple examples, not not just this one from Test Devil, but a couple of them, people were using pound bang, and I don't know, I don't know exactly why. And what was happening in ours is that our router was saying, well, I don't recognize that route. Um, there's something to do with the pound bang. It like causes it to think that it's an unrecognized route. And it, it just like loses the entire end of it and then thinks it's serving index. Well, our index repoints to episodes. So it just served episodes every time. So, right. so anytime you were on another page like slash blog, you'd end up, it would like, you'd watch it put pound bang and then it would redirect to slash episodes. Yeah, and I apologize personally. I I feel kind of bad. We had a couple of people call out on Twitter. The blog was redirecting the episodes and like, what is this? What's going on? Um, hopefully that didn't cause too much confusion. the The transition here has had two major hurdles: the that redirect problem, and then also SSL. SSL, yeah. So we had an SSL problem um, that caused a thing. Oh no, the DNS. We had DNS wrong for like one. You went to sleep at like two, having changed the DNS, and then you tra- changed it back, and it broke for. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, those are two little hookups. Hopefully, that won't be a problem. Uh, that won't be a problem in the future. Now that we're kind of at a stable point. Uh, and Ember Deploy, I got to tell you, Ember Deploy is like rocking my socks. It's so like clear, and I really enjoy like the speed at which you can deploy and the the clarity of like you know watching each of those hooks. We're running in the verbose in our bin script, I think, right? But we see like the actual hooks as they fire. It's it's a really pleasant experience. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that you have to keep in mind when you're doing this this type of deploy versus like uh, to S3 like static files with Ember CLI deploy, uh, you have to use another add-on that basically uh, it's just like kind of like the S3 assets add-on, um, but it's just for the index file um, because the normal kind of like lightning fast deploy approach is to deploy that index file into uh, Redis uh, and then serve that from somewhere. So that means you have to have some server reading from Redis. But in this case, we just want that index file to also go in the same bucket. Well, there's an actual, there's another add-on that you need in order for this to work. Uh, and you can just check out the source for uh, Ember Weekend's website. Um, and that has a, you know, it's a pretty good example now of, of how to how to configure this and what all you need. Yeah. And one of, one of the things that kind of bit us a little bit was that the G, you have to include the gzip add-on uh, to Ember CLI deploy to get it to gzip correctly. So we were ending up with some assets that were pretty large. Um, that But that was really easy. We just installed it and it just worked. That was pretty great. One of the things I really wish that we could figure out is uh, how to not have to do the slash pound slash thing because that's it's kind of a jarring thing for the user to see when they, they refresh the page. It kind of like replaces it with slash, slash pound slash, and then it goes away again once it fixes it. Uh, we I'd really like to be able to fix that. If anybody has any ideas of how to, how to get around that, it would seem like as there would be something in S3 that could route through that and just like serve index from everywhere, every route. Definitely. So all in all, it was a really pleasant experience. I definitely recommend uh, checking out this uh, this test double blog. I think that it's it's so in-depth. Well, once again, it came out at a really good time for people moving away from DivShot and maybe just to try to deploy some, some example sites. It's pretty cool. So you probably saw this on Twitter this last week that uh, Adolfo Bulis has open-sourced his Ember CLI 101 book, uh, also renaming it Ember 101. 
Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Uh, this book is one of the books that we we mentioned in the um, in the resource episode we did around episode 16, I think. And uh, and it's one of the books that I recommend to people because he's done a really fantastic job of keeping it up to date, even though Ember moves very quickly, uh, and has has put a lot of his time and effort into doing this. And not only did he did he like make it free, but he also licensed it under Creative Commons, so anyone can read this book. Anyone can can have this book. I think it's really gonna help uh, beginners kind of onboard because there's a lot lot lower barrier to entry now to get a book like this. And, uh, and the value here is just tremendous. So it's pretty good. I think he's still recommending that if you go to Lean Pub, that you can make a donation of $9, I think, if you if you want to. But uh, it is Creative Commons, and you can go to the GitHub thing. And I think he has plans to make this much more interactive as well. Uh, I talked to him recently about this. Um, I, I don't know if he's actually firmed up any plans, but it's really interesting to see uh, this be both publicly available for free. And I'm just excited about it, I guess. About two weeks ago, you wrote a blog post that kind of outlined how you can basically force Ember data to reload records, even though it has some caching layer. Uh, and I, I really appreciated that blog post. It fixed a problem that we were having where if you went and refreshed, did a hard refresh on the show, and then you went back, it would just show you the one episode rather than refresh and try to get all of the episodes. So you'd end up with like this weird state where you can end up on the index page with only one episode loaded. Uh, so that was kind of weird. And you know the solution was to put reload true into our find. Uh, and this was really great. But um, just recently, I saw this post uh, from Frank Tracy um, on Ember Igniter. Uh, about forcing this uh, s- this reload data state, uh, and it's really uh, it's really a great blog post. It covers a lot of the same things you covered, uh, but it also talked about one other thing. Do you want to go over that real fast? Yeah, there's um, a pretty good configuration you can do in the REST adapter that I didn't that I didn't know about. Basically, lets you control the caching. So there's there's some hooks called like should reload record, should reload all, should background reload record, should background reload all, and uh, the case that bit us was the background reload all. Um, so in, in our case, we had to manually say reload true on the index page um, if you, so that if you had hard refreshed on one of the shows and you backed up to the you know the index, it wouldn't assume that since it had one, it must have all of them and then try to background reload. Um, it would just, it would wait to show the page until it had reloaded all of them. Um, so we could just put this in the adapter um, for, uh, I think it's for episodes, uh, and then we could we wouldn't have to do that and reload true. Yeah, I really like the idea of of being able to configure the caching in this way. It is a little bit like deeper knowledge, um, and I'm really glad to have a blo- have this blog post I can point to when people ask me about reloading and stuff. Just say, hey, go check this out. These are some of the hooks that you can look at, and it's definitely like a way for you to know where to look. You know, go to the adapter and figure out all these hooks. So I think it's a really great uh, blog post to uh, check out. Yeah, actually, um, this this seems like an issue that you could solve kind of a lower level in Ember data and not have to make people deal with though. Like, cause especially in our case, um, we're loading a show, right? So we're loading a, an individual record. The issue that I think we have is that we're not looking at it by ID. We're looking at it by slug. So right. we're doing a query. And I think Ember doesn't know that that query is designed to only return one record. So Ember assumes that you returned all the records you want to see. Um, so then when you go back to the other page and you like do just a find all, uh, Ember doesn't, Ember doesn't know whether you have all, you've already queried the ones you want to see and it's just looking for new data because maybe this data is stale. But um, I don't know. It, it just seems like something like doing a find or a query where you have some filter versus doing a find all, it should like automatically handle that and not background it. If you go from doing a query to a find all. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think we have a, a couple of extenu- extenuating circumstances. We we were actually, it was still requesting, though. I don't know if you remember, but when it actually went back, it would only show the one uh, episode, and then Mirage would, after the, the page had rendered, Mirage would send the full episode list, but it wouldn't yeah. repaint the page. So Yeah, that was the, that's the background reload. I was under the assumption that, like, you got back a DS record array and that at some point that would, like, resolve with more records and then the page would get triggered like to reload um but i I guess not but it did request it though that's the interesting thing so it might be some weird thing that we have going on but but yeah you should definitely check out this blog post i think it's gonna definitely help you if you're looking to kind of figure out some some more intricate details of the adapter layer in ember so there's been a lot of talk recently about kebab actions which sound very tasty yeah, I I uh, I'm going to a barbecue this afternoon, so it's gonna be it's gonna be some kebab action there too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so kebab actions are uh, RFC 100, I want to say, by Matthew Beal, and he talked about this at the Ember NYC meetup as well, uh, which we mentioned two episodes ago, maybe episode 32, I think, or yeah, I think 32. Uh, and uh, in it, he kind of outlined some of the some of the basic cases. And uh, we've been seeing a lot of uh, movement in the comments and in Slack about some of the some of the difficulties and challenges about how they want to implement this. It seems like a lot of the discussion is on um, backwards compatibility with some of the advice, especially the recent advice of using things like on click equals and then giving it like a closure action, because this kind of directly conflicts with that. So you, in order to do a combob action, something like an internal uh, Ember event where normally you would have said. You'd say action, the name of the action to call, and then you might want to change what event it fires on. So you could say on equals click or on equals mouse move. Those versions of the event names were camel cased. Um, so internally, Ember kind of mapped the all lowercase normal DOM events into these camel cased versions to kind of more match the style. And uh, when we started using those same events on the kind of directly on the elements and saying things like, on input and things like that, they they thought now we have now we have like two different versions. We have the all lowercase and those mean direct DOM event ones. Then we have the camel case ones and those are like the internal Ember map and you have to know both of them. Yeah. Well, now they want these uh, these uh, on like the on prefix and then dash the dasherized version of the previously camel cased Ember events. And I think that's kind of causing some of the confusion. So you would expect maybe for it to be on mouse move, all one word, mouse mouse move being all one word. But uh, in reality, the kebab action advocates that it be on dash mouse dash move. And that is causing some some confusion because uh, there's some initial advocacy for on click, like all one word, I want to say. And now it's going to be on dash click. And uh, the mouse on mouse move would be dash uh, dash mouse dash move and things like that. Um, but there are some there's some really good benefits to the kebab action. So, you know, I know that there's some controversy around how they're going to actually be implemented. But the the actual takeaway is that there's going to be a really nice, convenient way to uh, to like destructure like some syntactic sugar around destructuring uh, event properties. So you can you can pass a value. We actually did this in the form for helper that we mentioned last week where we say uh, value equals uh, target dot value, which then gets mapped, takes that path and gives you the value off of the event, which is, I believe, the actual JavaScript event. Right. Like this. Yeah. jQuery. It's not a jQuery event. It's like the actual dom event right yeah yeah that's that's one of the things they're talking about is that these will these will receive the actual dom event um which is you know for some people i think 
think this is a good thing because they want kind of more fine grain control. Because usually when you're doing this, you're doing some more complicated, like, you know, showing showing something right over where the mouse is and you're like dragging something. You need all those native DOM events. But uh, it also means that you have some kind of cross-browser incompatibility that you have to worry about, like yourself, and you don't get jQuery automatically fixing it. But but you could always call, I think it's like jQuery.event.fix is what they mention that kind of like evens these out. Um, so you could always call that in your handler. Yeah, I think Runspired left a comment about this uh, and and explains it more in more in detail. So if you want to see a little bit more detail, read the comment thread on the RFC because it's really it's filled with a bunch of insight into kind of the challenges and some of the some of the, the compromises that are having to be made. Uh, there's one uh, JS bin that we're going to reference as well that um, that shows that if you use um, the on click, which is the native one, or on dash click. Um, which is the Ember kebab action, sometimes the order in which they're fired can be inconsistent. Uh, and this JS bin kind of outlines that. I believe that's from uh, Matthew Beal, who's, uh, who's been you know doing a lot of the legwork on figuring out how this was going to work. Yeah, and uh, again, some of the, uh, the reasons behind why you would want to do kebab, kebab actions versus the, the normal, like all lowercase, on-click, the, like the, the standard DOM actions, um, are there, there are people who they want to use Ember but it's sometimes they want the ability to attach their own uh, handlers um, native. And if you if Ember tries to use like on click, you know, with no kebab, um, then now you have no way in your templates of of attaching an actual function to that. So Ember basically kind of like um, handcuffs you to using Ember for everything. Um, so that's that's kind of this thing is like, do we do we use Ember and and like make it look more like DOM, but actually have the user have to understand that this is not going to be handled the default way, uh, or do we just come up with a new syntax so that it's very clear when you see the kebab syntax, this is a handle by Ember, and you see the on-click, uh, you know, like all lowercase, um, that's handled by the you know normal DOM stuff. Yeah, totally. And one of the things this RFC does not do is it doesn't suggest deprecating the old action syntax where you basically you don't assign it to a property. So if you just had like you know inside of the tag, uh, you just put mustaches and say you know action foo maybe something like on equals click. Um, that style syntax is not deprecated by this RFC, um, but it does seem like that's where this is going at some point, is is deprecating that that syntax. You could definitely get the same effect from saying on click equals or on dash click equals, and then the same action. Yeah, and I think that that's interesting. Um, I, I think one of the main uh, cases for like trying to move towards deprecating that, and I think it's outlined in the RFC, is because they want to not have that uh, kind of non-HTML looking uh, element space uh, HTML bar tag. And that's kind of like the whole big arcing point of why they want to move over to kebab actions. So yeah, uh, this is a really interesting and exciting piece of, uh, of of Ember feature work under development, and I think that now is a really great time to go and start looking at the the comment thread and actually get you know get your get your voice heard if you have something to say, or at least get a more fine grained understanding of kind of what everyone's talking about. And uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely worth uh, worth a look uh, to try to stay in the loop. So in episode sixteen, we did a resource episode. And that was really fun, and we uh, we tried to mine all the resources that we've used personally. Uh, but in uh, a few episodes from now, maybe one or two episodes, uh, we're going to do another resource episode, and it would be really great if we could get some some feedback on resources that you know you our listeners are are using, and uh, you know point them out. 
so if you have any resources that you have used to kind of learn Ember for, you know, any any range of skills, uh, so beginner to, to advanced, uh, anything that has been helpful to you, um, if you could send those recommendations over to us at resources at emberweekend.com, um, or you can just ping us on Twitter at emberweekend, all one word, uh, on Twitter. And, uh, and we're going to try to, you know, sift through some, some things and find some really good resources so that we have another episode to kind of get more current, um, up-to-date uh, resources. So Chase and I are thinking about doing another resource episode. Uh, we did one back in episode 16, and it was really, it was really fun. And I think that it, a lot of the resources there are still ap- actually very relevant. So we'll probably um, have at least one point where we reference back to that article in the future, up, the upcoming resource episode that we're going to do. Uh, but any any uh, any resource that you have found from beginner to advanced, if you uh, if you have anything that's not listed on that resource episode, it'd be really great for you to send it in, and we'll try to get into the upcoming resource episode and see what we can do. Uh, you can email us at resources at emberweekend.com or on Twitter at emberweekend, all one word. Yeah, so I'm really excited about doing another resource episode. Yeah, it was definitely well received. It's it's the one that I point people at the most um, when I say go back and watch this episode. It's almost always that one. Yeah, I think we pointed maybe a little too much uh, on ES6 in the last resource episode, even though I think that's very important. Uh, so maybe this time we can find a little bit more Ember centric, you know, resources that are going to have some lasting value. Thanks for listening to Ember Weekend. If you'd like to follow along, visit us at emberweekend.com. Or you can find us at Ember Weekend, all one word, on Twitter, or subscribe via RSS. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll see you next weekend. Oh man, I have such energy. Such you nailed it. I nailed it. First take. I did. It really, it really was. I knocked that out of the park.